0: And welcome to a brand new episode of The Influential Executive. Today you'll learn all about how to quit your job and start your own business. Or actually, how not to do it. <laughs> you'll also learn how to be great at sales, how to maximize your potential, and how to grow your own podcast. From the rising podcast star himself, Donnie Ovi. Donny is a super enthusiastic Texas boy who left his job one year ago and since then went on a crazy rollercoaster ride having his own business. We had a lot of fun during our interview and we got to appreciate Donny greatly for building his business on positive values and making it a habit to add value and uplift people everywhere he goes.
1: This podcast is sponsored by our coaching organization, Earn More, Work Less. With Earn More, Work Class, we help leaders become stress-free so that they have more free time and peace of mind and grow their business faster. And soon we will be coming out with an upgraded version of our transformational course, How to Work Stress-Free, in which we take you by the hand to implement our ultimate prioritization system step-by-step into your unique personal situation so that you too can get more done with less time and live your most beautiful life. And today's guest, Donnie Bowien, gets you fired up to find your internal inspiration and be the you that you always wanted to be. A stronger, more passionate, confident you, able to punch life in the face and run like hell. So here he comes, Donnie.
0: Welcome on our show, Donnie bovine
2: Look at that, you got it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been practicing your surname a couple of times and I still wasn't sure if my pronunciation was correct.
2: <laughs> well, you know, your accent messes it up a little bit, but we're close enough. <laughs>
0: It's okay, the accent is part of the brand, so we'll get away with that.
2: Maybe I should do that with my brand, get one of them cool accents too, so we'll work on it. (laughs) Oh, you got your Texas accent, right? Right, right.
0: You just need to find clients outside of Texas to actually make that stand (laughs) out.
2: You're right. You know, I, but I do find you know when I do go to other countries and talk to other things, you know, you hang around with somebody long enough, all of a sudden you start getting their their their. Well, if you're from Texas, their twang, their vernacular. So when y'all start saying y'all, I know my job is complete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I vowed to myself to never, never <laughs> ever say y'all. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Donnie thank thank you for being on our show. It's eight AM in Texas and you're enjoying your morning coffee while it is three PM over here. And we are very excited about picking your brain and yep. learning about your adventure. Because it was one year ago, right? That you yep. quit your job and you started your own business. Yep. Yep. You In uh, one of our earlier conversations, you told me about everything that had happened in that year. And it almost sounds like a lifetime of experiences, mostly things that went wrong.
2: Right. (laughs) True. Absolutely true.
1: (laughs) Okay. I I did not hear it. So uh, could you briefly walk us through that year? It seems like an adventure. (laughs)
2: So, so you know, uh, just a little on my background is when I got out of the United States Marine Corps, I went into this, into a sales job and spent twenty years in the sales game. Um, the last eight years, I was a national uh, sales trainer in the U.S. I traveled all over training salespeople. Um, I had a lot, a lot of fun, and I really thought that I was on my journey. I thought I was on my way to that was going to be my final career was being this massive sales trainer. And uh, I was at an event. Uh, and had an epiphany that I'd spent my entire life living other people's dreams. Um, You know, I'd I'd sold a lot, and I'd made a lot of other people wealthy. And, you know, I just got to that point where I was like, holy crap, what the hell am I doing with my life? And so I came home that night uh, from that event and told my wife that I was going to start my own company. She looked at me like I had two heads, and, you know, uh, we – we went for it. And, you know, I love telling people it's everything that I thought I knew about business, about being an entrepreneur was 100% wrong when I jumped (laughs) out of my own. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the reason I say that is I didn't realize how much of my journey was spent with an employee mindset, you know, for, for, you know, for me, it was, you just go sell your way out of anything, you know, and, you know, there's always a company to back you up. If you go on vacation, you know, there's always somebody to step in, you know, there's, there's, there's all this stuff. And then now I started my own company and, you know, in certain areas, I got a pretty good brand, you know, people know me kind of as that sales guy out there. And I really thought that was going to be enough to carry me and have this like hugely successful company. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. I opened my company and luckily I did pick up some clients quickly, but I started a coaching practice and a speaking practice and and uh I got to the point where I maxed out on clients and you know was doing very, very great on on business, but I didn't have time to go prospect. So I'm a firm believer that if you get a coach, you need to be able to work beyond that coach. That coach should be able to get you to a certain level. Well, I kept getting max amount of clients. And then I'd get all those people to a certain level and then all those clients would go away and I hadn't been prospecting. So I was constantly going way high, making income and then losing it all.
0: So, so yeah. you, here's a sales guy who forgot to do prospecting.
2: Yes, <laughs> and and you know it was interesting. Is I can uh, re, uh, really thought that because I was really good at sales. I mean, I sold millions of dollars in, in in over my lifetime, and I really thought that that was gonna be that other thing. That look, you know, if I get stacked up against it, I will just go sell my way through it. And the problem is, is if you don't know how to be a business owner, right? if you don't know how to be an entrepreneur, if you don't know how to run this stuff, you don't know what the hell you're doing. So I would just go sell, 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 and then I'd get maxed out. I'm like, okay, I'm good. But then I forgot that I was doing really well at coaching and then I get everybody where they go, they'd go away and I'd have to start over again. So I never figured out this whole path of how do I, you know, keep this constant churn going. And it was, it was mentally exhausting, mentally beat down. And January of last year, um, i lost almost all the clients at the same time. They lose. They all got where they needed to go. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I was looking at my company and I had no revenue coming in. None. And I thought, oh, what the hell do I do? And I started trying to scramble and I was getting speaking engagements. Well, it wasn't until somewhere around May that a at a speaking event that I was at, somebody came to me um, that was in the crowd and said, I love your speech. I'd love to have you on a podcast. And I said, okay, I've never done that. Let's try that. So went, was a guest on the show and had a blast. Somebody from his audience reached out to me and became a client. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, I can do sales from podcasting. I'm in. (laughs) So, So I went on this like frenzy. I was on like 60 shows, 67 shows, I think in 30 days. I mean, if I found out somebody had a podcast, I was using every sales prowess I had to get on their show. And uh, so uh, I was on one particular show and I'll never share this guy's name, but you can go find it if you do enough searching. It was the worst show I've ever been on in my life. So this guy had a series of questions that uh, he had written down. He sent me beforehand. They were all laid out and he goes, all right, let's go. Question one. And he reads question one and I respond and I'm waiting for him to come back and like add to it and nothing. He goes straight to question two. And I answer question two in the response. And uh, he then goes straight to question three. And so me being me, I'm like, okay, we have a conversation. I'm like, okay, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he goes, question four. <laughs> and he just kept reading straight down the list. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And then I had that thought, God, if this guy can, can do podcasting then I'm in. So having no idea what the hell to do, I launched my first podcast. It went seven episodes before I shut it down um, because, you know, I did everything you're supposed to. I hired a podcasting coach. I, you know, went to a professional studio and they just couldn't keep up with my speed. You know, if I do do anything, I'm going to do a massive quantity. I'm going to do it fast and I'm going to run and gun. And so they just, I mean, they're great people, love them to death, still friends of mine, but, but we shut that down and I went to Walmart. Got my own headset, plugged it into my computer, got Zoom, and I launched. And uh, as of this recording right now, 103 episodes on the podcast. Uh, it's a hundred number 127 on iTunes overall, and continues to thrive in a little over five months. So there's a fifty thousand foot view of my story.
1: <laughs> wow, that's that's incredible, and. What was really interesting in that story about the podcast, mostly when you saw that that guy was just asking question and after question, it was not really a conversation. It reminds me of being stuck in your head and you are a success coach. You help people to become great, become successful, uh, unleash their bad ass, I think.
2: Yes, look at that. I, I like, it sounds better when you say it, though. Ah. <laughs>
1: So I'm wondering, being stuck in your head, is it something that you help people to get rid of? Because I don't think that you're stuck in your head. I just think that you are. Like, you are not really overprepared, overthinking. You're just speaking. You're having fun. Is it something that you help people always uh, also to do?
2: Yeah. So, so for me, I'm like putting it this way, is people think they have a confidence problem. And I will tell everybody in this world that they do not have an a confidence problem. They have an experience problem, right? Because if it, with anything that you do is like the first time you became a salesperson ever, right? You know, that first time you're like, okay, what the hell do I do? You are freaking out. You're in over your head. You're like, I don't know how to cold call. I don't know how to do this. Well, flash forward 10 years from that, that point. And you're like cold calls or whatever. You know I can do that all day long, and your confidence is through the roof. So, so it's with anything is you never. And I agree, you're never really in your head. Now you do get a lot of chatter, um, where I, you know, I think there's a little gremlin sitting on your shoulder that's you know pissed off at the world and grumpy as hell and telling you you're not good enough and everything else along those lines, right? But um, I, I think what people do is is they don't go get the experiences to be able to unleash, right? They're, they're, they're more worried about what life, will, what people will say. They're more worried about how people will think about them. They're more worried about how they'll look, how they'll appear, how they act. So they don't get the experience to get the confidence. You know, And this works with public speaking. It works with networking, with everything else. is You just got to go, and this is my favorite phrase, you got to go get punched in the face by life enough to be able to find that confidence that you do break through and get to where you want to go. Um, and just most people aren't willing to put themselves out there. They're doing what I call taking shortcuts in life. And they're always looking for the easy button. They're always looking for the shortcuts. They're always looking for the, the, the cheat codes or whatever else to, to shortcut the process when they don't realize it's the process that makes them what they really you know, need to become. Yeah, beautiful. Wait, me or the, or, or the comment?
1: You as well, obviously. I mean, right now I just see the picture and uh, you look beautiful inside out. I mean, what can, what <laughs> can I say about that? <laughs> so you said people don't have confidence issues. They just have to get out there, collect enough experiences to actually figure out that they are confident. Is it related to what we often hear as stepping out of your comfort zone?
2: um i i would say it's more stepping into it you know people don't understand how to step out of their comfort zone right and and fear is should is is merely a motivator okay i truly believe that that when your fear mechanism goes off whatever it is one that's a little gremlin just chattering his ass off trying to 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 get you to not do something but um, uh, fear is the universe telling you that's the direction to go, right? So anytime Whoa. that pops up and any sort of fear comes in, it's the universe saying, if you'll go this direction and push through it, then you're going to learn what you need to learn to level up and go to the next next phase. you know. But most people get to that fear and because they've never in their life challenge themselves enough to push through that, they choose to look for the easy route. They choose to go for a different direction versus diving straight into it. Uh,
0: it's it's where you stumble and fall, that's where your treasure is found.
2: Absolutely. Was, yeah, you know.
0: It's a quote I read uh, somewhere this week, maybe it was George Bernard Shaw, I'm not sure. It's the I same was just principle, wondering, I like it
1: that. Sounds very good, I mean, I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know, a, a quote that, that I've lived for my company through, and it took me a while to embrace it, is a guy by name Jim Rohn. And uh, Jim Rohn was kind of Tony Robbins' mentor, and, and, you know, back in the day when Zig Ziglar was really big and stuff. But um, uh, he says, Don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. And I think everybody, as they're going through their journey and they're going through their time, they're so focused on that they should already be something, right? They should already be wealthy. They should already be famous. They should already do that people should just show up and, and, you know, be awesome. You know, they don't realize it's the, the ability to go through it and do it and get punched in the face, get screwed up because when, when you can really face a big screw-up and get on the other side, what people don't fully comprehend is it's not in the process of screwing up that you learn. It's when you're on the other side of that looking back going, wow, so that's how that's supposed to work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Question
2: number three. that was brilliant that was brilliant
0: (laughs) well, well played
2: well played
0: i would love to know more about your epiphany you've been working your job being great at sales training people all over the country and you said There was one moment and suddenly I realized I want to have my own job. Can can we zoom in a little bit on that moment? What what happened there and what was it that you saw in your mind's eye that created so much clarity and confidence that you instantly went for it?
2: Oh, so this is going to be interesting. It wasn't clarity and confidence and I'll explain. So what happened was, is I'm sitting in a room and I'm at this event, there's a a ton of CEOs of good-sized companies in the room and these were all prospects for me, right? I was a sales trainer. I needed to land these guys as clients. And the speaker in front of the room looked at the audience and he said, can you put your company before yourself? And I said no out loud. And then I said, oh crap, that was out loud because my belief is is if you're really doing what you love right if you're really passionate about what you're into and you're really diving in what you do then you're on the same level as your company because your company is you right and at that moment when i said no i couldn't put my company before myself even on par with myself i felt like i was above what i was doing and not that that that, um what I was doing was a bad thing, a negative thing, anything and you know, I wasn't taking advantage of people. It just I realized that at that moment that I'd I'd really spent my entire time, you know growing other people's plans. And what was weird is at that moment when I heard that, some phrases, now mind you guys, at this point, I was in a process of buying out a seven-figure business. So my business partner and I were in a five-year agreement where I was gonna buy them out. And at that same time, I realized that I was on the wrong path. Um, Some of the phrases my business partner, who's a dear friend of me, I love him to death, um, uh, had said came to the surface, and he never meant anything by this. He's a really gracious guy, but he would say things like, I'm so glad you're my retirement plan. And it was one of those things. It was, it was nothing was meant by it, but it was, uh, it, he was really gracious that I was helping him grow his business, but it was just one of those added nails in the coffin. That was holy crap. What am I doing with my life? And I can tell you the day I've, you know, I had fully walked away from that business and was out of my own. I flipped out. I freaked out. <laughs> and it wasn't this, yay, I've got this. It's what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> 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 and, and, um, you know, luckily I had some clients immediately jump on board with me, but, and, and I think that also hurt me early on because I had good success out the gate. So, I just kind of thought that that momentum was going to keep going, so you know i didn 't put in business processes i didn 't put in sales processes i 'm like'll eh, just wing it and see what happens and you know uh, that's that 's where things kept getting chaotic and screwing up and uh you know i 'm still learning uh, I, I, there there's days that that as I continue on in this i 'm like, the hell are you thinking you know um just as as I'm going through my own go-through-it-to-learn-it uh, process. Does that answer your question, though?
0: It does, and I, I love the answer. I think it's uh, it's a feeling or a thought that many people experience every now and then, and then having the drive to take action yeah. upon it. That is something that deserves to be applauded.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think... For- for being an entrepreneur, you've got to be one foot on crazy, one foot on risk taker, and the other foot on just pure stupid. Um, because, and the reason I say that is, is nobody should jump into owning a business lightly. Um, you know, you, you are, I mean, I was a straight commission sales guy my entire career, right? You know, and so I was used to living that, you know, if you don't sell, you don't eat you know, mm. lifestyle, and it's a whole different world when it's your own company, because now it's all on you, period, which is just a weird epiphany for me.
1: And now I'm just curious relating to quitting your job and starting your own business. I think it becomes also kind of trend right now, like, okay, I'm unhappy in my day to day job, I am going to start a business. Could you maybe give us a few tips or to all of those people who at least think about quitting their job because they are unhappy in what they do, how to approach it such um, how to approach the, the solution finding process, I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One, don't do it the way I did it. I tell everybody, do not walk away from your job and just start a business, okay? Um, uh, and I did it for a number of reasons. One, I was in a business partner, um, and uh, I didn't want to open a business that was going to compete with him, right? Mm -hmm. And because I was going to still be speaking on stages, still in our same community, I didn't want people to get confused and and hurt his business. So um, I completely cut ties. What I will tell everybody to do is, for the love of God, start a side business until it gets enough revenue coming in that you can afford to jump out. Um, these aren't my phrases, the words of Gary Vee, but I love them, uh, is your eight to five pays the bills. It's your eight to three in the morning that freaking you know, build your legacy. You know, because it's, it's, it's the, you, know, you work during the day to keep the income, and, and, and if you'll start changing your mindset to, from income to revenue, Then what I tell everybody when I did sales training is what you have to be is independently built as a CEO, right? If you're a salesperson, you're the CEO of your own little bitty one person company. Mm -hmm. That company becomes your number one client. And same thing if you're working a job, is you have to start thinking like a business owner and now that job you're working becomes your number one client, which means you have to take care of them during the day, the eight to five, that's when you take care of your number one client. It's when you get home at night that you start taking care of all your other clients and build up all those and do your prospecting and business development and all the things you need to do to grow that business. And quit calling it a side hustle. I hate that phrase. Hustle always sounds like you're trying to screw somebody over. So don't, don't create a side hustle. Go get a freaking side business and run with it.
1: And how do I find the right business for me?
2: Absolutely. Go sh- Screw up everything. Go try everything. The other reason people don't know what the hell they want to be when they grow up, which is the funnest question to ask, is is you ask a kid, you walk into any you know, elementary school and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're going to blow you up with a hundred things, uh, a stewardess, a pilot, a firefighter, a marine, whatever, right? But when we get to our adult years because we've walked through our journey just doing whatever's in front of us right nobody really puts a lot of thought into what job they get they just start applying for things they get the interview and they just say yes if that company says yes and they take that job right and they and they keep going through this series of just doing what's in front of them never stopping to sit back and go what you know what do i enjoy what do i do so I love the fact that the millennials have changed the game so much that the average you know, job that anybody stays at is last like six months to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about that is that's the answer to figuring out what the hell you wanna do in life is go and experience everything. And the earlier you do it, the better, because once you're, you know, you get towards your 40s and you've got a house payment, you've got kids, you've got, you know, in my world, goats and everything else, it's very hard to take a big risk and go, try and and figure something out because you've got so much that you have to pay for and everything to, to afford to be able to take those big risks. And people ask me, well, what if I'm that person who's 55 years old and wants to start a company? I'm like, go sell off everything you have, get rid of it, downsize the hell out of it. So you have no overhead, right? So you have no stress and then go get jobs that are lower paying and start figuring out the hell you want to do. um, but but people are such the keep up with the Joneses mindset that they've got to put out a certain persona, and they're more worried about their neighbor sees them downsizing and getting rid of their stuff. Mm-hmm. They think that that person's going broke when really they're setting themselves up for a win.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I I love it, and and you mentioned one thing, um and that namely stress and. We are all about staying stress free. I mean, we are millennials ourselves searching for the right service you want to provide to create the impact, right? It's really like the millennials world uh, world and the millennials' words. How do you help people to start or start their own business or become successful without getting overwhelmed or stressed?
2: Oh, you're going to get overwhelmed and stressed there's there's absolutely no way around that um uh it's the ability to own that knowing you're going into it that you can that you can handle i mean the guys every day and i'm a year into this right so so you ask, you know people that have been in business for 20 years and they're like he's just getting started right (laughs) you know um uh, but but even now, every day, and you know, I'm seeing great success in the business now. It's it's I'm still going through it. You know, there, there's things that that I'm I'm still learning and still figuring out. And it's the ability to know that this is that teaching moment. Every time that stress comes, every time that overwhelm comes, remember, it's not the learning and going through that overwhelm. It's getting on the other side of it that you learn everything, right? So, so what I would tell everybody is, is when that stress and when all that stuff comes to the table, step into it, own it, know this is a here and know this is absolutely a learning moment. And what I've done for me is, is, is really um, in, a, in a Buddhist term, and I haven't studied much about religions, but I know this one that, that, that they believe that once you embrace an emotion, You can then handle that emotion. You can own that emotion. It's the same thing. So just use that moment of overwhelm, that moment of stress, and go, all right, so this is what this feels like. Now we know we're just going to get to the backside of it, and and that's when we'll learn everything. Um, It's not easy. Absolutely not easy, but it's like anything. You do it enough times, and each time it gets easier. And Just know that you level up every time that you get past those. Yeah.
0: It makes you stronger, more confident. I
2: yes. So. All right, and then we go back to the beginning, is, is experience is confidence, right? Is, you know, you, you may have those fears and doubts and everything else about opening your own company, right? But that's the universe saying, all right, let's go after it. And as experience will come in, the confidence will come right with it. Because the confidence is always there. You just lack the experience.
1: I, I just have to ask this question because we have here an expert um, in sales. And I do believe that sales is not only important when you are a salesperson or when you are a business owner. So I would like to ask, are sales skills important for whichever profession and whichever person?
2: Well, let me define what sales is. And this, and this will clarify everything. Is people believe, I mean, I love standing in front of a crowd and just saying, okay, what sales? And then I get all these answers. They're like, it's a, you know, convincing somebody to purchase your services. It's, you know, trades of goods and all this crap. They're all wrong. All sales is, is a conversation. That's it. It's a conversation that has an outcome. And If you think about sales any other way, you're going to screw it up. Because think about it, when, when, when you picture a salesperson in your head, you're not gonna have a pretty picture. It's going to probably be some dude in this random corduroy jacket, slick back hair, grease ball dude, right? Um, and the other thing I'll do in front of crowds is I'll stand there and get, okay, like, all right, if you're offended by offensive language, you know, cover your ears up. But I'll ask the crowd, when I give you the word, I want you to scream out the first thing that comes to mind. And I'll stand in front of the room and I'll go salesperson, and then you can hear the colorful language that comes when people conjure up when, when they bring a salesperson's thought to mind. And the problem is, is I don't care where you're at in life. You're selling something. You you are absolutely in a sales conversation unless you're asleep. But even then you're trying to sell yourself to stay asleep. Um, You know, (laughs) know, my dog woke me up at four o'clock in the morning and I was trying to convince her. I'm like, dude, just get your butt back to bed. And you know, that's a sales call, right? You're just trying to have that conversation. But people get so hung up on on sales is they and and it's because when they're in that conversation they're not being themselves right they are so putting a mask on and they're trying to to be what they believe a salesperson is supposed to do and act and and conjure up and when when really the more you're just yourself and you go have conversations sales gets real easy real easy.
1: Can I ask a question?
2: Yeah. You don't have to ask him. It's just me and you love. We got it. Aww. (laughs)
1: Fine. (laughs) (laughs) I I just wonder, how do I know I am myself? What I'm asking it is, I have this now, this beautiful project called the Who Am I? When I try to outline how people can actually find themselves, because we so often hear just, just believe in yourself or just be yourself. So how the heck should I know that I am myself?
2: Um, So here's an interesting way to put it, is when I was doing a heavy, heavy sales training, I would take a young salesperson out and we were gonna go do walk-ins or we'd walk into buildings. And on the way to that sales call, me and this young salesperson would have a great conversation. They would tell me about their family and they would tell me about their friends and their life and all that, it be so fun. And then I was telling them, you know, I'm going along as a sales guy in training. I won't be helping you on this sales call. This is all yours. And it would be so interesting as we had this conversation, if they'd be fun, joking, carrying on, we would get out of the car and go walk up to the office and they would flip, right? And they would become this weird, nervous energy ball of something Mm. (laughs) right and they would walk walk in and and they would would be somebody completely else else and you know there'd be times in the sales calls you know they're looking at me like please donnie save me on this thing and i'm not going to right because i believe (laughs) you have to go through it right and you know we would walk out of the sales call and they would look at me and and you know they would say so how'd i do i'm like dude that sucked (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I'm a real motivational guy. Oh. Um, and uh, uh, they're like, you know, what happened? Why did I blow it so bad? Why did you know, and I'm like, dude, what happened to the guy I was just talking to in the car? What happened as soon as we stepped out, you, you completely became somebody else. Re- remember this. People want to buy from people. Right, They don't want to buy from somebody that that they're not going to get along with. And I think becoming yourself is first appreciating, loving yourself, getting to know yourself and get comfortable with that person. I mean, God, you spend a lot of time with that person. You might as well get to know them a little bit. And when you are so wrapped up in the opinions of others – I mean, this whole society is so focused on pleasing other people, and we have this really high need of approval, meaning, you know, you'll watch people in conversations, and somebody will put out their opinion, but because they have this high need of people liking them, if somebody goes against their opinion, they immediately go, oh, you know what, you're right. Versus standing their ground and their own beliefs and everything else because they're trying to impress other people. So, so really being yourself is truly that, is going into those conversations and let people see your vulnerable side. Yeah. You still tell salespeople all the time, it's okay to go in and tell them, hey, I suck at sales. I'm nervous as all get out. This is an uncomfortable experience of me, but this is my job and this is what I do. Is it okay if we just have a conversation? That'll go so much further and farther in that conversation than you or anybody trying to go in there and go, <laughs> let me show you how awesome this sales guy he is. Roll the tape, you know, right? Because because people will see that. And when, when you put that, that, that mask on, People will recognize it every time because you're not being you and it's not repeatable, right? They're going to come back and let's say you do figure out how to do business on with that mask. At some point, that mask is going to come off and your authentic side's is going to come out. And now there's going to be this incongruity in the conversation, in that connection, and you're going to blow that deal, which I did a lot early on in my sales career you know i was able to go out and close a lot of deals um but i didn't care about the connection and you know i was in a business that wasn't a transactional sale you know you're supposed to keep the customers for three and four years and i was keeping them for like four weeks you know um because i wasn't being my myself i was trying to be the -the over-the-top sales guy to close everything out does that help dear
1: absolutely 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 it's again different perspective on what i'm searching for and every single bit and every single information from all kinds of people it helps tremendously because yeah it's it's so important and i now start realizing it myself being some lots of different experiences and now realizing hey in most of those experiences i was wearing one two sometimes couple of masks in different situations so yeah beautifully explained
0: Oh, do I get to say something? Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh! Are you here? (laughs) You can ask
1: question number
2: 24. (laughs) That's awesome. The
0: cool thing is that anything I will say now is going to seem fabricated.
1: Nah. (laughs) Of course not, sweetie. Nobody is seeing that you are reading it out.
0: Well, I I love how authenticity came to the foreground here because it played Mm -hmm. a big part in some reflection I did in the past weekend. I was looking at our business in the past year and I was doing reflection on the top of one page, I wrote what worked. (laughs) And at the top of the other page, I wrote what didn't work. (laughs) And I just started to think back about the past year. Who are our biggest clients, our biggest fans which things that we try out and turn out to be a waste of time and energy. And I found that authenticity played a huge role in the successes that we've had. Mm-hmm. And another big one is authority. So working with the things that you know very well, that you can demonstrate you know, so taking your unique talent and ability mm-hmm. and using that to serve somebody else who has their own talent and ability and can use yours to get to the next level. That was the second big thing. So it showed me that having your own business means to take what you know best, find the people you can serve with it, be authentic with it and find out what is the transformation you're going to help people make. I like that. What is the transformation that you help people make?
2: Um, you know. I don't think I actually help people make tran- transformations. What I mean by that is I get people to start seeing themselves. right? And, and I think most times people haven't gone through a, a self-discovery process enough to know what makes them tick, knows what drives them, knows what their passions are. They have played follow the leader their entire freaking life and you know um because people don't spend enough time with themselves which is crazy to think about but i'm just as guilty guys you know i spent so many years being an employee an employee mindset that i wasn't and dude i have been to self-help you know gurus books you know things all this stuff and you know i was i was constantly you know listening to books and tape and conferences and everything else. And what I found is I thought that was the answer. And that would be my own transformation is if I listened to enough things, I did the journaling and I did all the stuff, Mm -hmm. all things that I still do, but I thought that would be my transformation. The transformation only happens when you start understanding who you are, right? It's not going to those events because those events are you looking for a shortcut uh, listening to those books on tape are not the learning it's you looking for the shortcut you're hoping that if you hear this one thing right you'll have this magical transformation you're hoping if you go hear this one guru you're gonna you know learn the thing you need to learn when it all comes back to you have to go through it yeah you- You have to do it. So I just help people go through it. Um, Whether it's from a sales perspective, whether it's a business perspective, whether it's a podcast journey is, you know, my, my favorite thing to hear from one of my guests on my podcast is I've never said that to anybody ever before because a lot of people will come on my show and we're gonna dive into the dark side of their life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wanna uncover those things because I think there's power in people releasing that story. Mm-hmm. So so it's not transformation, it's, it's finally meeting you. <laughs>
1: beautiful i i just can't wait to dive into all of those stories and i yeah i don't know if alexander shared it with you earlier on i'm actually right after this recording i'm about i'm about to book a trip to bali where i'm going to have a conversation with myself probably for a couple of weeks in a silent retreat
2: uh beautiful i love uh, what is that the eat pray love model damn near
1: yeah <laughs> exactly
2: um Uh, that's awesome. I, you know, uh, there, there's, I don't believe necessarily in regrets. There's things I wish I would have done, but as, as a, when I was younger, I wish I would have done more world exploring, um, more of that eat, pray, love journey type thing just to go get some more worldly experiences. I think, you know, and that's what I love now that that's such an accepted thing is for more and more people to go find themselves by doing other things. You know, my generation, it was very much, you know, you, you get out of high school, you go get a job. I mean, I went to military route and it was my, I was right before the generation where everybody was like, you got to go to college, which is the biggest scam on the face of the earth. Cause you don't need college for anything. <laughs> right. And, unless you take that back, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something. Right. I don't want a doctor operating on me. That's never, you know, been through some sort of school. Um, but, but you know, it, it's, it, Going and exploring the world will help you find yourself, which is is a is a very cool thing. I even heard that it adds five years to your life expectancy
0: We you travel a lot.
2: Well, if that's the case, I'm going back to Ireland. I just got back from there, so I'm like, I'm gonna do because we're just gonna keep traveling. That's five years. I'm is that every time you travel, you add five years? Because <laughs> that's the okay, case, dude, I'm living forever. I'm,
0: I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to check the records on that. <laughs> One thing it did for me meeting all those people on those different continents is they are all like a mirror to me. And they show you so much about yourself as well because meeting all those people, even people who live in the rainforest for their entire life, even they have many similarities with us and some differences as well. It shows you so much about what humans and who humans really are. And the main thing that I took from all this travel is that every human being is inherently a good person. They're all just doing their best, trying to do good, be, have a good relationship with their family, make friends, and understanding that just makes the world such a friendlier place and also a safe place to experiment and go out and try things.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important that you experience other worlds. You know, you know, say my wife and I just got back from Ireland and, you know, we did 1,500 miles in nine days, you know, traveling that entire country. And, you know, it, it was so fun to be in an environment where nobody knew who we were. Right you know we 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 had no expectations, we had no plans, you know other than we had some places we had to be um but it was it was a chance to let go and completely experience this and not worry about you know, bills and finances and business. And, you know, it was, it was a way to just me and her hanging out. And it was, it was absolutely the most beautiful trip we've ever done together. Um, and we've done a bunch of trips, but um, this one for, because it was so removed from our norm that we had no choice and the internet sucked over there. So we had no choice but to spend a lot of quality time together um, you know, which, which was a really, really, really cool experience. And it, you know, for, for relationships, I tell people to do that as well is you need to go find time where you absolutely escape it all. Yeah. Um, because, if I if I can contribute anything to what's helped me get find success in my wife in my life, it's a hundred percent my wife. That girl has been a rock, and I have put her through hell over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that it sounds is all, familiar. It is
1: almost <laughs> as if you're reading my mind right now. That's scary because I was just about to ask about your wife. <laughs> like guys, how long are you together? And
2: so we'll hit 12 years this year. We come from really, really good stock. Um, and, I, and I love saying it that way because, you know, her parent, I mean, her daddy passed away in January of this year, but they were married 46 years. My parents are married on 46 going on 47 years. Um, so we come from really, really, really good stock. And, you know, it's, it's the, you know, we went into marriage knowing we were going to go through it. Right. Knowing that no matter what we were all in Um, and uh, that girl, although has oftentimes wondered what the hell I was doing has always been right there. Um, And the most miraculous thing about her is I can very specifically tell you exactly what she said in very particular moments of, of my journey that completely turned my life around. When I was when I was younger in our sales career, first getting into marriage, um, I was in a really bad sales slump, and I was banging my head against the wall, pissed off at the world, blaming the world for all my problems. And she looked at me, and I won't say it fully, but she basically said, "Quit your B word, um, and suck it up. Sometimes you just got to be a sales guy." And it was at that moment that I realized that I just wasn't doing the things I needed to do, grow a business, and I turned things around. Uh, another point in our journey, you know, she looked at me and and flat out just said, you cannot go that direction, figure it out. And I won't go into full details of that story, but at that moment when she did, I did. You know, um, you know, and so she's always been that that – place when I'm too much up in my own damn head, that she's the one that can verbally slap me out of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I can't imagine that you compliment each other. Uh, I think I
2: drive her nuts, but she loves me anyways.
0: (laughs) We cannot finish this conversation with this podcast yeah, magician exactly. I just wi- to without that. learning a little bit more about that because yeah. we have a, the podcast of our own. We get so many positive uh, reviews, feedback, and we, we just want to share it with a wider audience. Mm-hmm. And here you are uh, mm-hmm. within five months, you shot it out there into the stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a fascinating story. So of course the obvious question is how to grow your podcast. I'm sure we're going to get into that, but. F- the first question I want to ask is, what is a good reason to start a podcast? And for which wrong reasons do you see people starting podcasts?
2: Oh, that's an interesting, I love that question. I, um, I, I'm going to ask the wrong reason, answer the wrong reason one first, and then I'll come back and answer why you should. Okay? Um, the, the, the reason to, to not start a podcast is because you want to make money. Right? Nobody makes money from podcasting. You will make money eventually, but it's going to come from all the ancillary services. Okay? Um, you know, uh, um, If you would have asked me seven months ago, six months ago, or told me I was going to be a top 200 podcaster, I'd have laughed at you. Um, and the reason being is I didn't really even listen to podcasts six months ago. Right, you know, I I wasn't that guy. Books on tape was my thing, Um, but the reason people should get into podcasting because it gives you your own platform, it gives you your own voice, it gives you your own place to talk about what you're passionate about. So the reason to start a podcast is to not grow a business, is to not do sales, it's to go and find the people that you just gel with right? I've had so much fun being guest on podcasts and talking to other podcasters. You know, it's just a blast. Um, it's the greatest networking tool in the world. Um, I use it quite often. Now. I mean, I love telling the story. So I was that, there was a, a gentleman who came through Dallas, Texas, and I was speaking at this large event and I really wanted him on my show. He hasn't been on yet, so I won't say his name, but um, I really wanted him on my show big name, high profile, and he was speaking in Dallas. So I went to this event, I didn't buy a ticket, um, I walked past the entire line of people who had tickets getting in, and I walked up to the desk and there was two young people sitting at the desk, and they're like, can we help you? And I said, I'm here to see so-and-so. And they're like, well do you have a ticket? And I said, no. They said, what do you do? I said, well I have a top 200 podcast on iTunes, and they both jump up from their desk and go one second. Next thing you know, that guy is coming out from the back <laughs> to come talk to me, right? Yeah. Um, and he shakes my hand. He goes, come back here. You know, We sit down and talk and we exchange. I get him signed up for the show. And he goes, are you going to stay for the session? I'll give you a ticket. And I said, no, I just came to get you on my show. And he goes, dude, that is the most brilliant move I have ever seen. You literally <laughs> came here just to get me on your show. I said, 100%. I wanted to meet you. And he goes, dude, that's awesome. So he's going to be coming on the show. But what I found is over my journey, you know, the last eight years of it, before I started my company, I was a sales trainer. Now, imagine you go to a big networking event, you walk in a room and people are like, what do you do? Well, I'm a sales trainer. Do you think they really want to continue that conversation with me? <laughs> and most times people would flinch, right? You know, it's like, oh God, what's he going to sell me? But when you walk up to somebody and you say, I'm a podcaster, the whole dynamic of that conversation changes. It's, it's almost to that point where people give you a unearned celebrity status because i was even getting that prior to having a big show um it's because people people that you're put up there with like radio personalities you're put up there with like news personalities or whatever else um it it's and you're no higher level you're the same person you just have a platform that people want to know more about so a lot of times i'm teaching people not only how to get into podcasting but i'm teaching them how to use it as networking um i had a a client that i was working with that did a social media and stuff and they were having a really hard time getting to this former dallas cowboy um, as a client and they specialize in sports uh, marketing Mm -hmm. i said well let me try something so they gave me the guy's cell phone number I call the guy up and just introduce myself, say, Hey, I have a podcast. I'd love to have you come on the show. He gets all excited because, Oh my God, he gets to be appearance on a podcast and which I still think is funny to me, but, uh, (laughs) he gets all excited. He goes, I'd love to do it. And I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we go grab lunch? Um, and we'll talk about it and I'll tell you more about the show. He goes, let's do it. I said, I'm going to bring some friends along. So I brought my client along to this lunch meeting to meet this sports guy who is very, very well known, um, you know, in the U S and we sit down and have lunch. And now my client is doing all the marketing for this guy, you know, so, so it's a leverage networking tool. That's insane. And what I would tell people, if you want to grow an audience, um, if you want to get it bigger, if you want to get more out there, then then go find who's the best in your arena and get them on your show. Go go find the people that have the best of whatever and reach out to them and say, hey, I want you on my show because here's what happens. It's not only going they come on your show, now you get to leverage their name, their brand, Right. But now when they get back to wherever their world is and you say, hey, your show's live, they're going to put it out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And now they're marketing your brand for you and now you're tied to their brand. Um, So that's one. Two, if you have a podcast, start a private Facebook group for it. Right, And the reason you do that is, is people want to talk about the guest in the shows. Um, and then you know, my Facebook group for mine is I'll bring the guest in and we'll talk. Right? We'll do Q&A sessions and, and let them interact with, with some of the guests on a more regular basis. Um, uh, and it just gives them more vibe and feel for the show. Um, and then the last trick is really is make it easy for your guests to share the information. So after they come on and you interview them, send an email that thanks them very specifically about being on the show, but, but give them memes that they can share out, give them infographics they can share out, give them, you know, things that they can tweet out, give them Facebook things that they can, you know, push out all those things so they can market you really, really, really simple. I love that. I
1: love, I love these hands hands on tips. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. The, the, the last thing I would I would tell anybody is don't podcast what you do. Podcast your passion podcast. What's fun because I don't care if you're in the position, you know, maybe you're a financial advisor and everybody's like, there's 10 bajillion financial advisors. Don't go podcast on money. Go podcast on your hobby. Are you into woodworking, go-karts, blacksmithing, whatever you're into, go start a podcast on that because, when you find your tribe of people that want to come here, you talk about what you're passionate about, you'll grow your business so exponentially because they're going to want to know more about what you do.
0: I love that. ties into making it personal, being authentic, just showing who you are. And the more you express and radiate who you are, the more you attract the people that yeah, are somehow on the same frequency.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Donny, there's one specific topic that we're very interested in and that is time management. So, with earn more, work less, we help people get better results simply by using their time more strategically. And we had a discussion in the past few days about the difference of time management for employees versus time management for entrepreneurs. Do you have any um recommendations or do you have any insight in what those differences are in the way you you plan your days you make your lists all of that
2: yeah so so for me it's really 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 simple you never have a time management problem you have a priority problem Um, and it's really really that simple you will put the things in place and do the things that you want to do versus the things you should do all the time. Um, I look at it this way is from whether I was a sales guy or running my business, it works the same. You do the things that make money during the hours you can make money. You do the things that don't make money in the, in the hours that don't make money. So if, if you can be in front of your prospects and clients between seven o'clock in the morning and six o'clock at night, the only thing you do in those hours is make money. It's nearly that simple. You do revenue generating activities. Everything else, whether it's the books, it's operational, it's whatever, you do those after hours. And the reason being is if you don't build a business and even do your job that way, um, especially in a sales role, employee role, if you don't do your job that way, then get okay being just okay because you're never going to break through in life because you're going to constantly do things that are fun versus things that are going to grow you and your business on the times when you should be growing your business, right? So it's really, really that simple um, is, is do revenue generating activities when you can be in front of prospects and clients and generate revenue and then do non-revenue when you can't. And then one last trick, which I stole off Napoleon Hill, is start every day with an index card Write down six things that you absolutely have to accomplish that day and then get them done, right? No, don't finish the day out without getting them done. I do it every freaking morning. Um, get it done. And you'll be, fu- you'll be surprised how quickly an index card to-do list, how fast you'll get things done.
0: It's very similar to our morning routine. So for us, it is uh, five things. We start every morning by getting our mindset straight. So uh, in in this moment, actually for the last couple of months, we've been very much into the priming as how Tony Robbins teaches it. Mm -hmm. And then we follow up with our journals, our daily ask and you shall receive journals, where we write down the, the things we're grateful for, the things that we can change about ourselves to live happier, mm-hmm. the things we ask with intention for, so basically our wish list of things we want to happen in the future, no idea how. We simply write it down, we write down why, yeah. and the five things that we are going to do that day. We read them out to each other, and that way we're not only fully aligned in terms of what we can expect of each other, it also helps to clear our minds as to how to approach certain things. What is the best way of doing it?
2: I'm going to put one challenge on you guys. And I love that. It's a beautiful morning, beautiful way to, to, to start off. And I, and, I, and I love seeing a power couple that can, that can do that consistently on a regular basis. I'm going to challenge you to get beyond the morning routine that's so rigid and go start getting your face kicked in. And what I mean by that is go big and loud to to go, go collectively and start doing the things that scare the crap out of you and go a lot bigger than, than you've been going. Um, Oftentimes I find when people get wrapped up in this, this rigid morning, everything's got to be done this way. It becomes a thing you do, not a thing you learn from. Mm -hmm. so so make sure uh, and I don't mean to suggest you guys aren't doing this but go make sure that you're going to get the life experiences that takes the ink off the pages and actually get you to learning because mantras and all that stuff are beautiful but they mean nothing if you don't have the life experiences to to back up everything you've written down
1: yeah it's 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 really nice it's nice that you name it namely the fact that It shouldn't become that rigid rigid, that you just do it, that you more have to experience it. It's very nice because I heard it many times that people just get stuck in morning routines without actually really being conscious and aware of why they do it and what does that mean in their life. I mean, for us, I would say the biggest experience in terms of doing something that scares the shit out of us would be definitely not overthink things and not trying to make things perfect, at least talking about me because I was always trying to make everything perfect and very detailed oriented. So doing 80-20 and just once you have an idea, go and implement it. Even if it's not good enough, even if it's not perfect, just go get there, get the experience that was and is still life changing for me because every now and then I still catch myself overthinking and trying to tweak all the small details.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and overthinking always comes from lack of experience,
1: yeah.
2: right? Because, you know, you don't overthink about tying your shoes. You don't overthink about driving your car, right? You, those things you've got so much experience in. You overthink about the things that you haven't had enough life experiences about. So go get punched in the face more. Go do more. Uh, and, I, and those things begin to go away.
1: Danny you have a couple of free materials on your website. Uh, you have the Jackass Journal, the Playing Defense Worksheet and Finding Your Strengths. What do you help people to achieve or accomplish with those free materials?
2: Yeah, so the the Jackass Journal, so that's a really quick, funny one, is when I was uh, had my first sales coach, and I've had coaches my entire life, but my first sales coach, I was in this bad slump. In sales, you're always going to find a slump. You're going to have the big years. You're going to have the crappy years, right? Um, and I was playing, oh, woe is me. Life sucks. I suck at sales. And my sales coach looked at me, and he goes, are you journaling? I'm like journal. I'm a former Marine, uh, journal. And and he looked at me and he goes, what do you think of when you think of journaling? I'm like, that's something like a 12 year old little girl does. And she, you know, does hearts on the pages and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And he looked right at me and he goes, that's not how you journal jackass. And I said, (laughs) if I ever write a book, I am naming it that. And so I did. Um, So what I, I, my philosophy is, is, is really truthfully, I don't care how you journal, just journal. Um, uh, And there's a lot of cool ways out there. There's the morning papers, there's the doodle journals, there's the bullet journaling. I mean, there's, there's a ton of ways out there. Um, I just happen to find a style that, that works really well for me. And in the book, I walk people through the simplest style of journaling you will ever do. The book is like 25 pages and it's a lot of pictures because it was written by a Marine. So, so it's very much dumbed down. Um, but they're going to learn really simply how they can very quickly finally figure out journaling. And one of the keys that I found for me is every time I tried to journal, I do like one or two days and I wouldn't keep up with it. And it was 100% my mindset. I was going into journaling convinced it wasn't going to work in the first place so so i I would constantly prove that that was the case, so once I made my shift that I was going to do it and to prove it works, I finally was able to push through. so, I teach some fun techniques in there to help you get past that roadblock and be able to journal longer. Um, finding your strengths uh, is just a a page I did to to process. Um, one of my coaches challenged me. He asked me one day what were my strengths, you know, what what really made me strong. And I, you know, tried to make up some BS answers and BS him all the way through it. And he called me on it, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and he, he challenged me to go figure it out and develop a process to find strengths. And so that's what I did. So um, it's a process I went through to find my own personal strengths and what I'm good at. And it involves you getting family members involved and friends involved. So Uh, I don't know, that one's like 12 pages, but it's also, there's not much reading. It's a lot of just fill in the blank stuff. So go have fun with that one. And then what's the third one? I don't even remember what the third one is on there.
1: (laughs) Playing defense worksheet.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, um, I think most people move through life uh, playing not to lose versus playing to win. Um, they're they're so worried about losing their stuff, their house, and everything else. So it's a quick worksheet, and I think it's only like one or two pages that will take you through to challenge to see if you're actually playing not to lose versus actually win in life, um, and just some checks and balances and things in there. So I, I I'm all for giving that stuff away for free, and, and the main reason is is I mean all the stuff that's out there you can do a Google search and and find, you know. Um, so I just packaged it up anyway i'm gonna ask for your email in there because you know i'm gonna spam the hell out of you once i have it no i'm kidding um (laughs) (laughs) so but they're all quick fun download reads um and uh i often get asked to go into rooms and speak on journaling just because i'm a dude who journals you know so so there i I get a lot of women's groups that'll bring me in they're like why the hell is a guy journaling i'm like well i go back to this 12 year old little girl
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for this amazing podcast and Before we wrap up, I just want to ask you if you could share with us where people can find you, where they can start a conversation with you, where you have any upcoming coaching, group coaching, podcasts, events, just shoot because seeing you live, I can imagine it's life-changing.
2: Oh, thank you for that, dear. Um, Yeah, so the funnest thing is I've got a couple of free Facebook groups come hang out. One is where I'm teaching people how to get into podcasting completely free. Um, it's called So You Want to Podcast. Uh, it's on Facebook. We've just been a few weeks in. We got less than less than 100, almost 75 people in there right now. And each week, I'm just teaching a new stage of podcasting. So like the current week we're in, we're how to name your show. Last week, we focused on how to find your niche. And we're going to go all the way through how to find guests, how to become guests on shows, what equipment you're going to need, and the whole process. So come hang out with us there. Um, I've got a group called Donnie success champions on Facebook, where we talk about, you know, your mindset. We talk about the show. It's a lot of fun, a lot of interaction. Um, a lot of people making fun of me cause that's just the environment I like to live in. Uh, so, so it's a lot of fun website's donnybovine.com don't ask them to pronounce my last name they'll screw it up so it's a d-o-n-n-i-e b as in boy o-i-v as in victor i-n.com and then the, the podcast is uh, uh thesuccesschamp.com and you can find the podcast uh everywhere you listen to podcasts called donnie's success champions
0: donny's success champions
1: brilliant I'm definitely going to post all of those links <laughs> in the text in the comments to make sure that people find it so, without yeah. me spelling it uh, wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Donnie, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom, your experience. I love this episode.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. I, I really enjoyed being on. Let, thanks for letting me uh, let my hair down and just be me. It's been fun.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I love the energy and the enthusiasm and just that you are yourself and that you share show to people that being yourself, being authentic, that you can become truly happy, fulfilled and successful. Yeah.
0: See you in the top twenty. Woo! <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Donnie once more emphasized how important it is in business to simply have Fun. When you're smart, people will notice anyway, so no need to prove yourself. When you're fun to be around, that's when people keep coming back. Stay connected to Donnie. On Donnie's website, donniebovine.com, you can click downloads in the top menu bar to find his free resources. The Jackass Journal. Woo. The Playing Defense Worksheet and the Finding Your Strengths Workbook. If you have a podcast or you want to start a podcast, make sure you apply for Donnie's Facebook group called So, you want a podcast?
1: And most importantly, when you are curious about unleashing your inner badass, you can go to donniebovine.com to schedule a free coaching session with Donny. This is an amazing opportunity to get to know yourself and understand the possibilities for you to take a new route in life, find out what it would mean for you to redefine your purpose and jump out of the airplane. And the best part is this session comes with no strings attached. It costs you nothing, so when today's interview resonates with you, make sure you use this golden opportunity. Do you want to break out of your shelf, but do you feel that stress or a lack of time are holding you back? Stay tuned for our unique program, How to Work Stress-Free, which we will launch very, very, very soon. We are welcoming affiliates who want to promote this program to their clients, partners and employees. So send us a message on info at earnmoreworkless.com to get involved
0: next week, we'll be back with another amazing guest. Some people regard this man the number one leadership expert in the world. He's a senior lecturer at MIT Sloan School of Management and author of the Fifth Discipline, Peter Zenge. For now, we wish you a fun and successful week. Let's all go out, help each other And have Have fun. fun!